Welcome to episode 54 of Shimmy Cast, the podcast for dancers and fans of Middle Eastern dance. I'm your host, Anala Rabari. This week, I'm excited to let you guys know that a couple of weeks ago, I was privileged to have a great phone interview with Ariella. Um, she is just such a charming person and has such great stories and advice and dance experiences. I hope you guys will have fun listening to the interview. Um, so the next three shows will probably be parts of my interview with her. Plus, this week we have two DVD reviews. One is Belly Dance Underworld, and the other is Belly Dance for Beginner's Fitness Fusion Pilates. And, of course, we have the usual event announcements and the question of the week. This week's music is from Muslin Gauze and Blue Tribe. Let's get started. What has your greatest belly dance epiphany been? Les in Buffalo, New York posted, Okay, so my greatest dance epiphany so far to date has been that belly dancing isn't about size, shape, weight, or height, but about releasing the joy that is contained within us. I know a lot of dancers worry about their weight, and then when they see the really felt dancers who are on the DVDs and teaching the workshops, they sometimes get discouraged and think, I'll never be that person. And that is true. You won't. You, as an individual, will be your own dancer. You will bring someone new and unique to the world of dance, something that is uniquely you. All you need to do is not worry so much about what another dancer looks like or is doing and tap into your inner joy. Connect with what kind of dancer you have inside yourself and enjoy. And um, I've had that same epiphany that Leslie has had, and I've thought really long and hard about this. And, I mean, I've had several dance epiphanies. I mean, every time I got a new move down, it was an epiphany for me. Um, But I think my biggest epiphany so far was figuring out that I should be a teacher. And sharing the dance with others has made me a better dancer, and it's also been so rewarding on such a deep level and I, I can't put it into words, and I'm sure those of you who are also teachers, you know what I'm talking about, and those of you who aren't yet teachers will learn what I'm talking about when you do become teachers, and it's just really personally rewarding in a different way, and it's not just because it makes you a better dancer, it's the emotional and spiritual reward that you get from it too. So that's my greatest epiphany so far. And now your ShimmyCast news. February 22nd through March 8th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be having various workshops and shows in California, Arizona, Oregon, and Washington. February 22nd through the 24th, Tribal Con 2008 with Jill and Rose of Ultra Gypsy, Zoe Jacks, Myra Bentz, Elizabeth Strong, Unka Mega, Jen Spinden, Andrea Perkins, Sido Salofsky, Jazz, and more in Decatur, Georgia. 
February 22nd through the 24th, Azia in Chicago, February 24th, Dalina in Phoenix, February 24th, Ottawa Dancers Bazaar in Ottawa, Ontario, February 29th, Belly Dance Legends of Sydney charity event with special guest Rosita Alinha in Roselle, New South Wales, Australia. February 29th, March 2nd, is the uh, Masterclass two-day workshop with Gala Show in Houston, Texas. March 2nd, Retro Styling Workshop with Jennifer in Los Angeles, California. And March 2nd, auditions for the Dahlia Carilla Dance Collective at New at Dance New Amsterdam. That's at uh, 280 Broadway. The entrance is on Chambers Street. Will be from three to five. Dancers need to sign in at the front desk and mention that they're there for the audition. You need to bring um, a three and a half to four yard veil, resume, and dance wear. They're looking for two dancers. For more information, subscribe to Dahlia Corella's newsletter. Or email me and I'll forward you the information. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week. And as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. This week's first review is Belly Dance Underworld Tribal Fusion Experimental and Goth Performance. Reviewed by Anala Rabari. Uh, the extras included in this DVD are a montage of behind-the-scenes footage, um, information about gothic belly dance, tribal fusion, and about the specific dancers. Performers included in this production are Ariella, Monica Fernandez, Myra Bentz, Ultra Gypsy, Sasha, Cami Little, the Nikia, Katie K. Frederic. Unmanta, Tempest, and El Shiva. Being a performance video, there was some weird camera angles, lighting, and set designs that made moments hard to see, but on the whole, the production quality and technique were not distracting to the performances. I loved the costume among all the dancers, as it ranged from traditional cabaret to regular goth and tribal fusion looks to a traditional cabaret with the tribal fusion twist. Um, and this description also fits most of the music choices as well. Ariella's piece was performed to a version of one of my favorite folk songs called Black is the Color of My True Love's Hair. was, in my opinion, pure gothic romance. The piece took me by surprise as I feel I haven't seen this type of gothic performance before. Uh, most I've seen tend to be more angry in nature, and that's why so many people I talk to don't like gothic dance. So I'm very happy to have a different example to point them to. Monica Fernandez danced to a song called Jungle Sessions, and I felt her dancing really reflected it. At times, she reminded me of a cat stalking its prey, and at other times, she reminded me of a slithering snake due to her fluidity. Myra Betts' performance was a slow, sensual, mysterious seduction, which was just awesome. Ultra Dipsy uh, had a very fun, flirtatious piece with a group of five ladies. And I can't explain what it is about seeing a group of tribal dancers together that's so wonderful, but it is. 
Um, to me, there's something majorly different in seeing a tribal troop as opposed to a tribal solo. And this is not a difference that I think shows up in Cabaret. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love watching tribal solos, but I'm not even saying that I like tribal troop pieces better than solos. I'm just saying there's something dramatically different about them, in my opinion. And Ultra Gypsy is a great example of that difference. Sasha was a cool techno-industrial gothic piece, and again, I felt she was a good example of how these kinds of alternative belly dance styles don't always have to be angry. Cammie Little was a superb demonstration of isolation, fluidity, musicality, and stage presence. I expected as much from her, and she did not disappoint. The Nakia piece was sexy, with a bit of live music, interesting hand mudras, balancing fire, and eating fire. Conservative viewers be forewarned that their costume choice of barely their bras may offend you. Non-conservative viewers should also keep this in mind when watching this video with others. I won't be sharing this particular piece with my grandparents or parents, who are rather conservative southerners. KDK did a really nice piece to... Uh, Maduro, while Frederick was all business in her dancing. She even wore a pinstriped costume. I loved her attention to detail with just small movements of just her fingers happening to music beats. Umata was everything I thought they would be on TV. It was a nice change for me to see them on something bigger than a computer monitor. Again, I'm struck by the experience of watching a troupe of tribal dancers, and it makes me wish that they had put more troops on this DVD. I've seen a few pieces by Tempest now, and they've never failed to entertain me. This piece, like a few others, makes me laugh with its twisted humor. I love the music that she picks out. If you listen to the lyrics, you can't help but laugh. And she has this wonderful macabre burlesque-ish style to her dancing that I've not seen anyone else do. I found Elisheva's piece to be the most disappointing. Don't be, get me wrong, it was good, but I can't believe I'm going to say this. I don't think it was experimental enough to have been included on this DVD. The music sounded a little like beatboxing, but not enough to really be noticeable that it was different than most percussion solos. And I think most of the wow factor in her dance came from the editing cuts that were used, and not her actual dancing. I felt it was a letdown as the finale piece to this project. On the whole, I really liked this performance DVD. For me, it offered exposure to a lot of styles of belly dance that I don't get to see in my area, since we are mostly cabaret dancers. I liked that each dancer's name, song, dance style, and artist was clearly shown before her dance. I now have some great new artists to investigate, and I loved seeing what they like to categorize their pieces as. In my opinion, it helps give insight into what they're trying to show you in their performance. I also like that this DVD gave me the chance to finally see some dancers that I've been hearing about but haven't seen performances of. I also like that it was giving me a lot of inspiration. I have similar music to a lot that was used in this program, and I've always thought, what kind of moves do you do with that? And now I have some great ideas. I highly recommend checking this DVD out for those who are looking to experiment with their dance.
This week's first song is Bahuto from the album Bahuto by Muslim Gauze from Iota Promonet.
This week's second review is Belly Dance for Beginners with Suhalia Fitness Fusion Pilates, and it is reviewed by Alexel Stemma. Fusion Pilates is part of the Belly Dance for Beginners series, starring and choreographed by Suhalia. This is primarily a workout for dancers seeking better conditioning. I would recommend this video if you have some belly dance experience and you're looking to improve your flex flexibility and stamina. This workout is about 40 minutes and seems to contain more yoga than Pilates, though I have only done Pilates a few times and I'm not very knowledgeable on this form of exercise. Although there is a large group of women performing this workout, they all do, they all do it at the same level. It would have been nice if some girls perform modified or more challenged moves, or more challenging moves. Like the other Belly Dance for Beginners videos, the production quality is good. Outfits and music selections are different, but the quality typical of Natural Journeys productions. Movements learned include basic position, snake arm variations, arm waves, glute shimmies, undulations, chest slides, hip lifts, drops, and circles, pelvic locks, and the interior hip square. Special features include three performances, a clip from an interview with Sohelia, and a 10-minute Pilates fusion routine. There are also other add-ons, such as trailers for other dance workouts and a photo gallery. If your local dance retailer doesn't carry this item, you can purchase this video directly from Suhalia.com or NaturalJourneys.com. Most DVD retailers carry this title, and it is also available for rent on Netflix and Blockbuster. Um, so, feedback section. Um, just, I want to take the opportunity to apologize for you guys because I realized I forgot to um, put the question of the week from episode 52 up on the forum board and um, I'll be getting that rectified so you guys can come on and answer that question. Um, also, just a reminder, I'm looking for book or CD reviews. Those would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget, I will be doing some traveling to Denver, Colorado, and um, hopefully Birmingham, Alabama later in the fall. Well, Colorado is going to actually be coming up soon in April. Um, Birmingham will be this fall. So I'm looking for information on restaurants and um, teachers and dancers in those areas because um, I'd like to come out and meet you guys and say, hey, and you know, maybe have dinner or something. It would be fun. Uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, or feedback, you can send those to shimmycast@gmail.com. Post on our forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. Um, feel free to vote on Podcast Alley or Podcast Pickle, and leave reviews on iTunes. So this week, instead of a article, again, we have another interview. This one is with Ariella, who is an amazing fusion dancer that I had the privilege of taking a workshop from in Springfield, Missouri, and um, she very graciously agreed to let me call her, and um, we had a lovely afternoon talking. I think 
we probably talked for maybe about two hours or so. Um, and she was really great. So you guys are going to be hearing a lot from her and her dance experience. And I hope you enjoy. So, and first, I just want to take the chance to tell you that um, I saw one of the DVDs that you're in, and of course, I can't remember the name now, but it was when you were doing uh, Black is the Color of My True Love's Hair, that that right. routine. I loved that routine. Um, oh, really? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it was so gorgeous, and that's like one of my favorite songs, too. Um, I was in band in high school, and we played it a lot, and I was also in choir, and we sang it a lot, so I was like, I love this. Song. Oh my god! You and sang I, that song? Yes, I've played that song before, and I, I uh, have sung it as well in choir. And I was like, I never thought about belly dancing to it. So when I saw <laughs> you belly dancing to it, I was like, How awesome is that? Oh my god! Yeah, that's totally cool. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first, I want to ask you, what's your earliest memory of dance? Um. Pretty much when I was, God, as far back as I can even remember, because in my family, um, growing up in my Moroccan family, um, there was just um, dancing and belly dancing all the time at a lot of the family functions and at weddings, and there were lots of weddings um, and um, family gatherings. So I, I, I remember it from, like, my earliest, earliest, earliest memory being in my family. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that is that how you got started belly dancing too, just in your family? Um, well, I was around belly dancing for most of my life, but I actually hadn't really, you know, gotten into intricacies and actually learned how to do it um technically. Um and I had always longed to do it. Um and, you know, later later in life, um, as I got into my late teens and early twenties I was you know, I told myself, you know, someday I'm going to take an actual belly dancing class. And then I, in my early 20s, I was I was able to do so. And from that first class, it was like perfect. <laughs> I absolutely fell in love. Yeah. And who were some of your teachers? Um, well, I began dancing. My, my very first belly dance teacher um, was, of course, here in San Francisco. And her name was Janine Ryle. And she... I learned um, folkloric dance at first, um, specifically more of this um, North African, Algerian, Berber style of dance. Um, and she was taught um, belly dance by John Compton of Hobby Roo, which is also a folkloric um, troupe uh, that maybe some people have heard of. Um, so that was her training, and then she kind of, you know, gave me that particular training as well, and um, so she was my very first teacher, and then I've also, of course, then I moved on, she suggested I learn from Rachel Bryce of the Indigo, and, um, you know, I went into classes with Rachel and ended up being for quite a few years and training with her and learning the tribal fusion style, um, and then basically after that, I did um, take classes with Marty Love for about six months. She was substituting for Rachel, so um, I feel like that was definitely, in fact, that's been a lot of influence into my own dance. So I would, I would say that Marty, I've also, you know, my teachers was Marty Love as well. So um, I'd say those three are kind of my teachers. I've, I've, I've done, you know, a week long intensive with Sue Hill 
Singapore, and I've taken probably a year or a little more of classes with Rashid, who's one of Suhaila Salampour's um, teachers. So that's kind of my, my background and who my teachers have been. Yeah. Do you think it's good for dancers to experience diverse teachers and a lot of different teachers? Absolutely. Um, I think it's it's really important um, in terms of learning, you know, getting a feel for all of the different genres of dance and maybe, you know, finding one that suits, you know, the dancer um, as well as learning many different techniques um, because I feel like as you experience all these um, different ways to approach belly dance, then you can find the one that, you know, really sits well with you and you feel that works for you. And and because sometimes you may be with a teacher and maybe, you know, you're not getting the movement or it's not just slowing out. Maybe you go to another teacher and you're like, oh, you know, or another style of dance, learning a a different style of um, belly dance. And you're oh, I got this. Or maybe the way the teacher breaks it down is different. So I think it is important to to learn from a diverse um, group of teachers and genres of belly dance. Yeah. Yeah. What draws you to Middle Eastern dance above other dance forms? You know, I have to say right off the top of my head, it's, I think it's like in my veins um, from having a Middle Eastern uh, background or Moroccan, uh, North African, I should say, background. Um, And secondly, I think, you know, I trained, I did classical ballet, strict, strict, strict classical ballet um, for about 12 or 13 years. And so I know what that's like. And I've also, of course, um, experienced a little bit of modern dance and, and some other styles of dance. And, you know, whereas classical ballet is very, very strict and modern dance is just sometimes way out there. And I love art. It's beautiful and creative. But I feel like belly dance is kind of that perfect medium for me where I'm able to express myself and be very creative at the same time having kind of formal base in, like, this rooted, you know, classic um Middle Eastern dance, um, and then I think it was just in in me to kind of move this way um, because of my um, my uh, background. Yeah. So yeah, it's just that first class that I took um, that I mentioned uh, the folkloric teacher. Um, even though my body wasn't getting the movements quite right, right. I, I really I loved the music. It just clicked with me. I loved the movement, so I, I, it just kind of really clicked real easily. Yeah. Yeah. So um, speaking of movements, what is your favorite move? Oh, you know, I have thought about this. But, uh, that is so hard for me to say, but I, there's actually a move. That, that I've created called uh, the vampire who has ADD. <laughs> um, it's kind of it's kind of funny, but um, it's this very dramatic move with the arm. So um, it's kind of the shoulder elbow wrist, shoulder elbow wrist reaching out into the audience kind of feel where this energy is being sent out the arm. So I'd have to say this particular arm movement is my favorite, but. You know, some people who've taken my workshop probably know workshops probably know what this movement is and are probably laughing about it right now. <laughs> um, but um, um, you know, and, and, and on general terms, uh, on a general note, you know, I, I think 
just a lot of the arm movements because it's just so expressive. Um, yes. You know, like the sidewinder. Um, I think the sidewinder would be one of my favorites as well, using the and the arms together. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What move challenged you the most to learn? Okay. Um, well, there's actually been many. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's funny because the one that just I always – kind of remember, which is when I was first learning, it just gave me so much trouble, was the um, horizontal hip figure eight. So when the hip is um, towards the back uh, corner and then coming to the front and then the other hip comes to the back corner and around right. to the front. So making this hip figure eight, not the top um vertically, but this horizontal figure eight, that just, I remember being so frustrated and frazzled. Like I, for for some reason, it's funny to me now because I'm like, how could I not have been able to move my hip that way? But I just could not get my hip to do what it was supposed to, and I thought I would never get it. And I remember being so frustrated that when my when teacher, when my teacher Janine, um, would uh, the folklore teacher would have us do it, I was like, I just wanted to like, you know, yell out, why, why, why do we need to do this? I can't do this. We shouldn't be doing this. You know, what's the point? And I remember. You know, then I finally eventually got it a couple months later, but that was one of the most frustrating movements. And here in the present, you know, I'm really struggling with my shimmies, um, especially trying to – I've been working on this straight-legged Egyptian-style shimmy, and it's just super hard for me. And I've been working and working probably for a year. And um, it's been, you know, a struggle, and I think it's coming along, you know, but but definitely – in the present time, shimmies are a real issue. You know, I've got my Turkish down, I think, and I'm really working on my mid-tempo shimmy with some layering on top, and I think that's coming along really well, but it was a struggle about a year ago. But this straight-legged Egyptian is really my my uh, my my frustrating point right now. <laughs> I have to say it gives me hope to hear that you as well struggle with some moves. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, that's, we all, that's, it's, it's good, we're, you know, to struggle and then, you know, it really pushes you to, to try to master the movement. And I, and I know it's possible all of us can, can master these movements. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so how do you describe your personal dance style? Um, hmm. Well, I guess I would describe it kind of technically as a mix of, um, you know, tribal fu- basically tribal fusion and maybe a hint of cabaret, um, but mostly what I've known as tribal fusion. But then I would also characterize it as, um, I guess, very dramatic and expressive. Yes. And um, I-, I think, especially as I've grown as a dancer um, over the years, I think there's this energy that comes when I perform where I'm sending an energy out to the audience and then also taking it back from the audience. So I feel like my performances have become uh, much more um, engaged and uh, the audience becomes more involved in my um, style of, of performing. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of audiences, what kind of audiences do you like to perform for? Well, you know, I have come to, I used to be so nervous, almost throwing up before I would perform and, um, you know, I, and now I just absolutely can't wait to get on the stage and, and share my love of the dance. And 
I, I find, though, even though dancing in front of other, my colleagues in front of other belly dancers um, is probably the most difficult and most nerve-wracking, um, it actually is also, I, I think, one of my favorite audiences because of the support and the energy that I receive from them as I'm dancing. It makes it just, you know, it puts a smile on my face when I hear all the Zaga reading and, exactly. and the cheering and things. Even though I know they're, they're the harshest, they're the hardest, audience it's 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 just really rewarding to dance for them yes yeah yeah i i find it that way too yeah um, do you have a favorite place you like to perform um let's see you know i think i really enjoy performing um at kind of these black box evening um kind of club venues um, and with with some really good lighting, <laughs> those are those are kind of my favorite um, venues. And I'm about to do a little kind of dinner theater show in Hollywood next week, and you know I'm so excited to do that because you know it's got the red velvet curtain and this really old kind of speakeasy stage. And so mm-hmm. I think those are kind of my favorite styles of or uh, uh, places to, to dance in. Yeah, yeah, I love the places that have so much character. Yeah, exactly. Setting. Yes, yes. It yeah. Just, I find it enhances the performance a lot. Really, and it brings back that old, you know, that, that entertainment, um, you know, uh, aspect that, you yes. know, we sometimes lose at festivals where it's like, yeah, look at this whole surrounding, and then we've got this, you know, performance going on. It makes it real exciting and fun. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, where's the most unusual place you've performed? Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> whew. Where would that be? Um, <laughs> I mean, a park really isn't that unusual. Um, God, I can't think of any place right now. I guess I haven't done anything too uh, <laughs> too exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, danced at a farmer's market. That was kind of interesting. Um, and I'm totally blanking out right now, so it must I must not have done any, you know, strange, uh, interesting venues. Yeah, I'm sure a couple of hours after we get off the phone, you'll be like, oh, yeah. 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 There was this one time. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit about um, your practice. How yes. how often do you practice and for how long? Well, I try to practice every day. Um, although as my schedule becomes more hectic, it's, it gets hard when I'm traveling, right. especially on travel days. But um, I do every morning. Um, I'm up practicing here in my home studio, um, which I feel really lucky to have. And um, basically, I I use... I, I try to do yoga every morning, um, mm-hmm. at least 20 to 30 minutes, and and then there's about, if time allows, um, and depending on what I'm working on um, and what deadlines I have, what projects I'm working on, I will, on average, drill an hour to two hours. However, it could go to four hours, especially if I'm working on a new choreography or have some sort of exciting, new, you know, inspiring music that I that I like to work with. Um, but usually it tends to be about an hour, an hour and a half, and then about 20 to 30 minutes of yoga to start with um, to get the body open. Um, 
And I, uh, some of that is drilling, um, depending on, like I said, I've been working on my shimmies a lot lately, so I devote a lot of time to that, to drilling, doing different drills with um, the different types of shimmies. And then um, always I'm working on arms, first thing, and, you know, whatever whatever I'm feeling like. Like I've mentioned some of my workshops where, you know, I'll, I'll um, pick and choose from different, different drills um, daily, but I'll just, you know, quickly do a run through and then mostly work on, um, you know, the other time I spent working on uh, brushing up old choreographies, working on new ones, coming up with new ideas. So, um, and sometimes time doesn't allow for that and, you know, the session will be like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. Um, but if possible, it's, you know, at least two hours, I hope. <laughs> enjoyed that and now it's time for the question of the week and that is how do you pick music to perform to to answer you can send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com or post on the forum board again that's shimmycast.blogspot.com and it's finally time for the last music pick of the week this song is the grand circle from the album deep Spirit 2 by Blue Tribe, and it can be found on IOTA Promonet. And I hope you all enjoy, and until next time, this is Anala Rabari saying Shemmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are of those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.